All right. So hello, everyone. I am here on the Youth Soils podcast and with a longtime friend of mine, Mr. Dustin Starling. Thank you for joining me, Dustin. Of course. Pleasure, man. Really glad to be here with you. Okay. So I said, I'm going to put you on the spot with something. And it's just right, right up front here. So like, how the heck did we reconnect? I could tell my version, but yeah, what, what happened? Or you going to tell my version first or? Yeah, yeah. I go with yours too, because mine will go back all the way to Bill Passy. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, there's definitely, we played baseball together and on the last podcast, uh, my wife made fun of me because I told her that I guess <laughs> more than once. Love her. Um, but yeah, we, we went to high school together and then kind of what reconnected, I, I was not on social media for a good five years and on LinkedIn, Dustin and I were friends and I know he's moved. I'll let you talk about your background, but I just, I was working on this thing called Use Soils, this business operating system, and then also trying to use it for personal growth. And you were publishing videos and you just had right. such great content. I was like, well, did we, did we also like work on some of the same things? You know, I know you were more on the um, sales side of things and I'm yeah. more on the operations side, mm -hmm. but I was just looking at the content there. Plus like, Hey man, we got to talk. Like I'm mm -hmm. developing some right there and I definitely want your feedback, your input, and then to collaborate. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I mean that's I think exactly how it kind of happened. You know, again, uh, yeah, for for the audience out there, you know, uh, yeah, Gary and I grew up in the same town. We went to high school together. In fact, we played little league baseball together. Go Coyotes! And Coyotes. Um, you know, it was it was a ton of fun. But uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, I guess my background, uh, yeah, right out of high school, joined the army, and um, you know, spent ten years uh, flying airplanes for the army. Had a really great time, uh, and then found myself in corporate America. Um, found myself, you know, doing the, the service manager, service director, um, kind of went kicking in and screaming into sales, but you really just grew a love for it. I really just kind of grew a love for that client experience. And, um, you know, yeah. And then, uh, just recently had a kind of a job change, you know, a couple of years ago and, and kind of found myself in the wonderful world of HR, um, and, and kind of all that encompasses and, and just really love it. Just really have a heart, have a heart and passion for it. And so I, yeah, I think, I think I posted one, something about, um, you know, kind of just the, the, the workforce and, and kind of the dynamics that are, <clears throat> that are shifting today. And I think uh, when you reached out, it was really in regards to um, really kind of optimizing internal uh, procedures and policies and really kind of growing a culture. And you reached out and it's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this thing. And I knew you had your consulting business on the side. Um, and then, yeah, we connected. And then we really found there was a lot of synergies between um, kind of what I'm doing in my space and then kind of what you're doing with organizations. And then, yeah, we kind of reconnected. Then I think for a while, we talked like every week, a couple of times, just because like, hey, what about this? What about this? And uh, man, it was a lot of fun, really a lot of fun. So it's great to connect with you again and be on the chat with you today for sure. Yeah. And, and part of it too was just, yeah, reconnecting. But then I could tell that you were thinking you're making stuff outside of your nine to five, so to speak, outside of your, your job. You were, uh, I don't know, on the side for lack of better words, <laughs> and like just creating stuff. Like you're, you're always thinking of new things and have yeah. ideas and you're putting content out. And I could tell to get feedback. You're asking like legitimate, like, hey, what do you think about this? There's, you know, and you touch on some pretty serious concepts, but you also uh, produce a lot of studies. You, you help bring to light. Sometimes it's hard to find different studies and research and data to back up these claims mm -hmm. of, uh, yeah, this really does help a culture. This really does help optimize yeah. business. So I always appreciate that, that you would post things, you do your research. So you're definitely not just talking. Yeah. 
out of, uh, and, and yeah. I think that, you know, I think that's important. I mean, I think there's a lot of times where we, we find ourselves in that kind of group think mentality, right? Because, um, you know, this is the way that we've always done things, just the way it has to be. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, it works. And I think that's why people stay there. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, back to the videos. Um, yeah, I really found that just as a, as a way for me, I mean, because you know the, the pandemic affected us all, and, and what I did is I found myself in the basement for, you know, from from you know eight to five, and I just needed some type of creative outlet, so to speak, right? I mean, that that was kind of my way of of doing something creative that wasn't, um, you know, sending emails and, and on the phone calls all day was, uh, so that's kind of why I started doing that, but. Yeah, I, I, it was a lot of fun, you know, like it, it was something that I wasn't really expecting to do. But like you said, it, it I think the more I did it, you know, I kind of said to myself, if I'm going to put this stuff out there um, and I'm very new to the social media aspect, I mean, I, I just joined LinkedIn for the first time last year. Okay. Um, and, you know, so I really kind of figured like, hey, if I am out there putting content out to professionals, I mean, frankly, for people who have been probably doing this for 10, 20, 30 years who are experts in their field, I got to know what I, I got to know what I'm talking about, you know, so. Um, that really led me to, to kind of dive in. And then uh, I geek out a lot when I can kind of connect dots, you know, when this thing report over here brings up some information, but this other report over here really kind of paints the picture. And I found that's kind of where I really enjoyed uh, doing those projects. He said on the side, it was my creative outlet. Um, but yeah, just kind of really opened the doors to, to frankly, great conversations with, you know, people like yourself and, and other professionals and, and experts and, you know, executives in, in the industry. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and why I was excited to have you collaborate was I did a lot of human resources mm -hmm. and human resources in California right? yes. it might be different than New Jersey where you're at now. But yeah, I was getting, I, yeah, years ago, probably it's been about over 10 years now since I've worked in HR, but right. Some of us getting burnt out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with certain things and training a lot of soft skills, mm -hmm. communication. Um, but I just, I wanted to do more of the problem solving and the agile right. project management. So mm -hmm. I really got into the lean and six Sigma and all of that. And it's, and sometimes, right. Like you're saying about group think I'm have one perspective on it, but I really, thought uh, I could use help with definitely anything, human resources, sales, right. and a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and especially the things that, that you were talking about, what we talked about was, right, how to quantify human resources. I think that was some of the stuff we started talking about and making human resources part of the business right. as, a, as opposed to a separate department, really how to make it more cross-functional and putting business metrics, tying them to KPIs, and that was that was my favorite video that you made so far. I'm like, hey, you're speaking my language. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's have a talk. Yeah. You know, it, it, I think I think you bring up a good point. I mean, again, um, being in HR now for 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 a while, um, you know, to me, especially when I left the army, I had really no concept of what HR was. Um, you know, we in the army call it the S one shop, the personnel shop. You know, if there's questions about how much you know time off. So essentially, it's HR, but army, army style. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I got to my first corporate job, um, you know, HR to me was really, if I had questions about my pay stub, if I had questions about, um, how much time I had accrued so I can take time off for vacation or, you know, worst case, uh, if I had an employee or one of my team members got in trouble, so I need that counseling form to me, that was HR. Um, it was those people you never wanted to talk to. Um, and frankly, you're looking at it from a business standpoint, HR was really a sunk cost. 
I mean, that, that was, I mean, that, that's just, I think what a lot of people um, perceive HR as, as of today. And what I found was there really is a way to turn HR from a, from a sunk cost to a profit driver. And actually it goes back to metrics um, in, you know, the old adage of, you know, you can't manage, or you can't, you can't manage what you don't measure. And I think that has some, some truth to it. And there's a lot of soft skills. Yes. But there's a lot of hard data. I mean, there is truly a, uh, a positive ROI for those businesses who do invest, um, not just in HR, uh, but learning development. You know, I've talked a lot about upskilling and reskilling. Um, you know, today's job market, actually, I saw a report today that said um, today, you know, 2.9% of, of the workforce last month quit their job. Um, at the same time, you have uh, layoffs are at an all-time low. So you have people who are leaving their jobs voluntarily, um, not being fired, just leaving their jobs for something different. And, and one of the biggest reasons why is because of you know lack of growth, lots of lack of professional development and leadership there. Um, you know, it's not always pay. A lot of it's just development. And so, uh, and that comes down to culture. You know, so I feel like there is a lot of positives about investing in people. And I really do feel that way. So, um, and yeah, so now I'm on this big crusade about, about uh, just driving um, that, that message home. And that is HR can be a profit center, a profit driver for, for your business. So, And then in the use soil steps, the first one is understand external. So the things that are going on externally, um, whether that's different policies, laws, regulations that are changing. So I'm curious as next month, I don't want to get into it too much. We've got a lot to cover, <laughs> but yeah, with, uh, I read a, read an article that, um, airline. So I was, took my son to Vegas turned 21. We had a great mm -hmm. time, but some flights were delayed. We had right. Southwest and it turns out they were going on, on strike because of the mandate where they yeah. have to be mm -hmm. vaccinated and, and show proof of that. So yeah, there's lots of things that are going on that are going to definitely impact the job market. And um, yeah, one thing about the HR, and it goes for all, all tasks, like what things could be automated. People don't think HR could be automated, but when it is, when an organization's not using it correctly and just using it to look stuff up for someone, well, you can make an app for that. You could right. make it easy for someone to look up what they need. And Right. So it's like, how do I really become part of the, the business instead of, yeah, we're just here when you need us, we'll give you forms. And mm -hmm. right. So I was in a role that felt I was more doing that when I wanted to attack some KPIs and improve them, such as turnover, or are we upskilling enough people? And how are those skills and things we're training? How does that help with safety, quality, pro right. productivity? So yeah, and I think you, know, you bring a great point, and that is there is a, a true fear. And I, this is not just for HR. I mean, this is for a lot of businesses. But um, going back to there was a uh, Josh Burson Academy uh, did a study. I'm going to ruin these percentages, so I apologize in advance. But it was something like 55% of HR professionals, again, this was focused on HR, um, were fearing that their job would become obsolete within the next, uh, I think it was three years. And I think it was like 65, 70% that thought it'd be obsolete in, in five years. And so there really is a fear that, you know, by investing in automation, by investing in technology, um, that AI and augmented reality, I mean, all these things are going to essentially put people out of business or put people out of their job. And I'd say um, not just for HR, but for, you know, 
production line, um, you know, production line, you know, employees or, or really even operations or finance. I mean, there's a lot of automation for, um, you know, QuickBooks online. I mean, all these different things are a lot of things where now accountants are feeling this push too. And I think that kind of goes back to the point of like you kind of, that like you said there, and that is if I'm just doing kind of rote memorization, if I'm just pushing buttons, yes, I'm at risk. And I think that's why there is a fear about what's going on in the world today. I mean, uh, the past year and a half has definitely shown us that companies can um, adjust literally overnight. Uh, I mean, I deal with companies who literally became multi-state overnight because, you know, their employees moved from a high tax place like California or New York to Tennessee. Tennessee is a big pool right now in the tech industry. So is the Carolinas. Uh, and so you're seeing a lot of that. Um, and again, I think it comes back to the point of regardless of your job, that people are fearful that if they're not being developed, if they're not being trained in that kind of thing, that, that yes, there, there is fear. Um, and again, I think that's all the reason why businesses as a whole need to, to really invest in their people. Uh, and kind of the last point here, then I'll, then I'll stop talking. And that is, you know, like you mentioned the external piece of it. Um, yeah, I mean, regulations, um, over 2000 uh, federal, you know, legislative changes in 2020 alone, not counting state, not counting local municipalities, a lot of change. Um, you talk about the market, the market's completely shifting. Um, there's a lot of paradigms that, that are completely turning, you know, whole industries upside down. Um, supply chain shortages that we're seeing right now are, are drastically changing a lot of businesses um, and not always for the good. So um, there's a lot of uh, important things to understand. And getting back to you, Soros, about the external forces um, at an organizational standpoint, but also at a personal standpoint as well. Yeah, lots, lots of things changing. And it's just about being agile as, as a person or as a business. And I would say with jobs may not be going away exactly, but it's really like if, if we're to take a snapshot of a job description right now of HR, like that thing's going to change. And, and right. So even if for whoever's listening, right, if you look at what your job description was last year or maybe mm -hmm. two years ago compared to the things that you actually do today, like how different is that? Right. So, yeah. so things are changing and we're used to it. So it's just job, job trend, I guess, job tasks often change. And there was, right. Like I work a lot in, in production and, and I help, um, right. With, with industries that manufacture products or what, whatever it is, but there's, there's always been, I think for over a hundred years, there's been conveyor belts and robotics, right. There's always been it's this the technology. Yeah. Yeah. And there was this fear. There's a case study. I know I'm not going to, quoted just right, but about how, like when ATMs first came out, what that did to the banking industry right. and everyone's freaking out, we're not going to need tellers anymore. But in reality, it actually created more jobs than they had before. It's just their roles changed yep. instead of being mm -hmm. the teller, they were more about helping you helping sell different, right. A credit card or different loans. So it, it actually, I think every single technology, big technology advance, it's always created more jobs. It's never taken away yep. jobs. And, you know, I think too, I mean, I think also, it's also increased the, the standard of living as well. Um, and then I, I do, actually, listen, I do want to ask you a question about um, your use soils thing, because I think that's, that, I think it's very important to talk about. And that is, um, you know, if you go back to, you know, before the 1900s, when 90% of Americans worked in agriculture, you know, they're working in the fields, they're working in production, those type of things. And then you had, um, you know, then, you know, horse was the primary source of, of, uh, work there and people. And then of course we had the automobile and then you have the airplane, and then you have this big technology push. And what that done is, is, you know, you go back to, you know, Henry Ford, and that was if, you know, 
people asked, if I asked the, the people what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster, stronger horse. But because he came out with the automobile, now the whole world shifted, the whole world changed. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in California. I mean, I mean, one of the biggest places of, of ag and dairy, you know, in the world, um, you know, I, I grew up in that place and, and I love that, that aspect and I love that industry. Um, but what that's done is those technology advances have really allowed us to do things like this. It has allowed us to, instead of use our backs, we've been able to use our minds. And I think the culture and, and society as a whole have really benefited from that. Uh, and I think, you know, when we, when we sat down and we started talking about, and you started talking about this used soil, it's like, what is used soils, you know? And then you kind of explained to it, uh, explained to me. And, and I think that's when like, I was like, Gary, like whatever you're doing, I want to be a part of <laughs> like, just like, like, I, like I'll, I'll be your coffee guy. Like, I don't care. Like, I just want to be a part of whatever you're doing. Um, and so I guess the question I got for you and that is like, I mean, you've got your MBA, you know, lean six Sigma. I mean, all those identifiers afterwards. I mean, I guess what kind of brought you to, to come up um, with you source? And I guess what were the problems that you were trying to solve you know, for the businesses? Well, that's a, it's a great question. Um, so really the, the first thing I was trying to solve is how do I scale myself? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so right. There's two types of business, either a product or a service and, mm -hmm. And I don't have a, a product really. And, and I was, I was growing, doing a lot of ag and doing marketing and, and getting uh, different organizations really excited about some of the results I was doing. So like, Hey, could you come over here? Come over here. I'm like, all right, I can't clone myself. How am I, how am I going to do this? So I thought, what if I made a roadmap that kind of, right, this is what I execute. And I, and if I could make that as a roadmap and then I could help uh, give it to multiple sites and then I could maybe charge for the roadmap or then coach them along where I don't have to be two places at once. I could get them started. And that way we're all looking at the same roadmap. So I just kind of wrote down the formula that was working for me. And I would say, other than the order, the, the biggest thing, and it, right, sometimes we look back, maybe it was just dumb luck, but me working in human resources and working with high performance teams. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, that was all the soft, all the soft skills and, right. and really the people side of things. And then working in lean, I was doing all the process stuff mm -hmm. and right. We, we were ranked number four in the world in lean manufacturing where I worked at Parker Hannafin. But one thing we we're getting wrong, it was when I was doing the training, it's like, you either get lean training or you get right. People training, right. Right? We, mm -hmm. we give you conflict resolution. So I'm like, why don't we just do both? Like, because there's so much change management involved when a process change, how it messes with, with people and the trust and psychological safety. Right. So I just, I'm like, here, I need to combine these two together. So that was kind of my approach when I started doing consulting seven years ago is just really be um, cognizant of people and process together as one. And then as I wrote down my steps, um, that that's kind of where I came up with you soils and it's the yeah. understand external and internal, then it's sharing information, which is always a huge problem. I'm, I'm, you know, I have my six Sigma, I'm ready to do some statistics and it's really <laughs> just because someone didn't update their document or they saved it on their desktop instead of mm -hmm. keeping it in a standard location that's accessible to everyone. And that costs millions of dollars. So it was, it was those things where, Right. Even at a school or fresh off a certificate, you're like, all right, I'm going to go do all these hard, hard things that I just learned about. And in reality, it's, it's different. Right. So, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things I really loved about, um, about the use souls kind of framework is you're right. I mean, I'm in HR, I'm in production, I'm in sales, whatever the case may be. Um, 
each one of those departments and silos has important KPIs and, you know, the key performance indicators, key metrics they have to hit. And each one is really protective of those, you know what I mean? So, and that makes sense, right? Because they got to make sure that their job is, is doing, that they do their job that they're being paid for. Uh, but I, one thing I really loved about the use soils um, kind of framework is it really forces not just individuals, but departmentalized silos to communicate. Like I said, I mean, you have to set goals. You have to share info. When we talk about, you know, the understand external, understand internal, then understanding the gaps, um, you know, is kind of that third step. I think that is probably one of the biggest because if I'm getting ready to launch a new product or whatever the case may be, you know, external has different things, right? Internal, you know, how are we going to be able to make this product hit the market and, you know, production wise internally? And then what's the gaps? You cannot have that conversation in a single silo. You have to do that as an organization across all silos. You have to have those conversations um, where you're actually sharing information um, or frankly, it just doesn't work. And then, you know, when you get back to the eliminate, uh, eliminate waste, standardize, organize, all those pieces have individual department standards and, and kind of, you know, protocols, so to speak, but it's really an organization wide. Um, and then you could even do this for the personal level as well. So again, that's one thing I really loved about that. Um, did you feel like there was a, I guess, a, a thing that you relied heavily on more, like it was it the people skills, was it the the data, the the lean stuff that you really kind of focused on more? So it was, uh, I think it was being able to put those together in a roadmap. There, now you're you're bringing up memories. I remember everyone asked, "Hey, is there a roadmap for this? Is there a roadmap for this?" And you yeah. look at a, a lot of different books, and there's no right. So I get that it, it's hard for a roadmap because everyone starts at a different spot. Everyone's different on their growth journey, their their lean journey. But I'm so I feel like it's a lot of cop out. So it's like, all right, here's the roadmap. But if you're if you're already like good on certain things, you know, in the use soils roadmap, then right, where do you need to focus on? But you at least go through the the thought process and and right. If you think you are that that good at that, then that's not continuous improvement. So mm-hmm. you can make sure everything's standardized. Then you could improve it if you're thinking, oh, we've always done it this way. We're good on that. Um, yeah. That's kind of the the problem. But I, I think. I think the, the sharing, so going on the floor, right? That's my secret as a consultant is I, mm. I start off talking to CEOs and they're telling me their problems and yada, yeah. yada. And I don't pay much attention because I'm like, <laughs> I know where the answers are and where the, yeah. I need to go out to the floor and talk to the people who are around these problems. Mm. So I'm always out on the floor talking to people and that's right. A lot of times they don't have a voice. One thing I got to ask them is, Hey, like, who are your customers? Like, mm-hmm. so there I'm going internal inside a business and ask them external questions. Are they, like, I don't know, like what product are you working on? I don't know. I don't yeah. know who buys it. I don't know where this goes. And it's such a common theme, not just in ag, but in the auto manufacturing, just a, a lot of companies where like it's communication flow. If their employees understand more about their customers and they know more what the quality expectations are, mm-hmm. they can get a little sense of purpose knowing who, who the customers are. Um, so I felt that lacked. So definitely the, the sharing communication, uh, sharing information from external to internal uh, was lacking. So that was a big part of, of U Soils for sure. 
and I think too, I mean, I think it, it goes, it's communication, I think is what, what it boils down to a lot of, um, you know, it, and I, I shared a story with you a while ago and that was, you know, it's the, it's called uh, Napoleon's corporal. Um, essentially what it was is Napoleon Bonaparte, you know, the, the French revolutionary general and everything. Um, you know, he had a, a policy, or I guess a, something he would do all the time where he and his generals would come together. They talk about, you know, tomorrow's um, battle strategy. They talk about troop movements, all these big picture things. Um, but you know, the story goes that Napoleon always had a, a lower enlisted soldier that come there and shine his shoes. And the caveat was that that soldier would have to give Napoleon feedback about how he thought the plans were, if it made sense, if he understood it. And I think that was, um, I think it was so beneficial. I, I don't think a lot of I think a lot of business owners and executives do that. They, they don't go down, like I said, I mean, you could have a conversation with the CEO. The CEO is mainly going to be concerned about driving revenue. Uh, I mean, that, that when it boils down to things, that's really their, their big thing is profits, and whether it's to the stakeholders, the shareholders, or to their employees, um, or to his bank check. I mean, that, that's really what it kind of boils down to. Um, and then you have the employees. A lot of times you're right. They, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, yes, they know how to turn the widget. They know how this, they know how this report feeds into the quarterly board report, whatever that case may be. But there's not a lot of understanding in regards to this piece here fits into mm -hmm. this device, which could potentially save a child's life if they're choking or if they, you know, whatever the case may be. And so I feel like a lot of that is culture. A lot of that is just diving into ensuring that there is communication flow, not just up and down, but sideways all over 360 degrees. Um, and again, I think that's really one thing that I really enjoyed uh, about just our conversations. But I guess that kind of leads to my next question there is, is I, you know, I guess, who do you recommend um, or how, how do you recommend that somebody kind of gets started with using the used soils, I mean, either for the organization or the personal? Like, what are some businesses, what are some examples that you have as far as this kind of fits the mold, so to speak. So a, a lot of it is, is change management. So I actually have someone I'm working with for a large company right now who just approached me about used soils. Um, they, they switch companies. I was helping them implement it. And this is their, the um, plant manager at a big company. We implemented there, got great results. He moved on to another even larger company and he called me up like, Hey, that's awesome. we have to do it here. <laughs> And this is interesting because, right, we kind of had to start at different points because his last organ organization was more of a startup and this one is larger, more established, and mm -hmm. it could be more of the, we've always done it this way. Um, so where to get started is, and the change management side is just uh, first sitting with the, the, the leaders, um, right, is what I have to do is talk to the upper management and, and really lay out the plan for them, see what they want, um, because it doesn't take training. And sometimes I get asked to go do training, like as a punishment, and I'm like, that's not, that's not going to help. And so I have to understand, I, like, why, why are we growing? Is it right? Mm -hmm. Of course, everyone should want to grow. So that's easy, but I have to gauge and let them know um, what the expectations are. It is a commitment, right? Any, any change, you're going to have to put some work into it. Um, so we have to start kind of top down, but that's just to get started. And then it is right. Having everyone in the organization aware of what's coming and how this will benefit them and why we're doing this. And so it's just kind of getting started with that plan and communicating with people before we start moving things around, like who moved your cheese or who moved my cheese <laughs> type of thing. And it's just involving the organization in the process from the get go. So 
Yeah, if you're interested in starting and, and you're a, you know, a, a leader, and maybe you're not the ultimate decision maker at your organization, but you're hearing some things that you're interested in, yeah, definitely we could talk. And yeah, and I'm gonna that's I'm gonna leave your contact information, my contact awesome. information, and, and the link and everything. But yeah, I would start even if you're interested. In, and I've had this happen. Like, oh, I don't know the whole organization, but I really like what I'm learning. I just got an email from a winery. Like, here, let's just start in your department then. Mm-hmm. Like, watch this. You soils will work in at a department level. They'll work at individual level or for the whole organization. So the proof is in the pudding. Just let's do it uh, with your team, your department, and then we could we could talk um, to the rest of the organization about it. Right. And again, I, th- I think that's one thing I really enjoyed about um, just our conversations and really the understanding the use oils um, kind of framework is, again, it's a roadmap, yes, for, for large corporations. And I, I know you've worked with, with quite a few and done some amazing results, amazing things with them. Um, yeah, you could boil this down to, you know, a five person team. Um, you could break it down to a sales organization. You could break it down to, you know, um, one of the office staff with accounts receivable, accounts payable and all those things. You could also break it down to the individual as well. And I know, I know you've got some great stories about that as well, but I mean, how, I guess, how applicable do you think this is running the full gamut of huge fortune 100 company um, to, I'm an individual that just really wants to stop smoking or I really want to run a marathon or, well, I mean, how do, how do you feel um, that scene can kind of bridge that pretty vast, you know, kind of escape there? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that it could at first. That wasn't when I came up with it. So I was, I had to experiment with it. I mean, my initial thing was with a, with the organization that I took it from a team and I said, all right, how would this look as a team where it's understand external? So, all right, everyone on my team, I'm going to make them aware of who their customers are, uh, what those demands are. I want to get them thinking about the market, what things impact us. Then everyone on the team could also learn about our capabilities. You know, so right. we're understanding internally. I could do a gap analysis where we lack what we need to improve on. Uh, I'm going to make sure to set up good communication flow systems. We're going to eliminate waste in our department. We're going to standardize things in our department. We're going to organize do project management. We're going to then improve the flow of things. We're going to learn by reflecting and cross-training, and then we're going to solve new problems. So I'm like, all right, that works at an organization. That works at a team level. But now your question is, yeah, does it work at an individual level? And I didn't know. I'm like, does this thing? So yeah, I tested it out. I, and then I ran it by a few different medical doctors because I didn't feel equipped to really speak on individual growth. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to solve any uh, depression or anything like that. But as far as someone who wants to optimize their skills and kind of their, their life situation, yeah, it, it does work. And we have some cool case studies that we talk about in the book and some stories that we talked about in some of the other podcasts. But just for just for me, um, working with my son on creating a, a charter on an individual level, looking at just following the roadmap of you soils, the externally, like, where do you want to be in a few years? Where, how much money you want to be making after you graduate? All right, now let's look internally. Where are we at now versus that? And what's the gap? So you need this GPA to go to this college that gives you the job that you want so that you could afford those things that you want. And then just breaking it down. Now let's eliminate waste. What are the things that you're doing that's not adding value to your goals? So just going through there, organizing his, his time um, and just working with it that way. And I was, 
I guess I was, I don't know, shocked or surprised or just <laughs> super happy that it works with on an individual level because that wasn't the original intent. But if you boil this right. down to the, the very essence, it is, you could say it's based off the, the scientific method, use soils. Mm-hmm. It's based off of plan, do, check, act. You could really boil it down to that. It's just more specific. And I think it, it articulates more because when I hear plan, do, check, act, like, all right, what do I plan? What do I do? Mm-hmm instead of understand external things that are outside of you, it just breaks it down. It's more specific, I think, easier to follow. Right. No, I like that. Cause I mean, like I said, I mean, just example, you know, with your son, um, but yeah, I mean, you could definitely break this thing down. I think, you know, uh, geez, there's a study, um, it's a company out of the UK. Um, it's like one of those, it's not one of the big name bicycle um, health ones. I don't want to say the name, but uh, it's another one, but you know, they, they, I think it's like, Ju- I think it's January 19th, I think is the date, but they call it uh, international quitting day. Um, and what it is, is um, you know, statistically speaking, you set a new year's resolution, um, lose, lose 10 pounds. Uh, I want to go to workout, you know, five times a week, whatever, whatever those goals are, stop smoking, whatever, um, get promoted. Those goals, statistically speaking, will cease and fail on January 19th. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to number one, a lot of us aren't trained on how to but really, it, it seems really simple, but to make goals properly, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, we, we use the smart goals, um, you know, specific measurable, you know, I mean that we do all those smart goal things and, and that's a very commonly understood, but what we don't do before that is, is really take a look at, called the landscape, right? Call it like the ecosystem that that is around me, right? So again, going back to you, so it's the understand external, right? It's, you know, what is my, you know, what is my life like right now? I mean, like I said, if I want to run a, um, geez, if I run a marathon, you know, you know, in, in three months from now, like, you know, am I even a good place to run? You know, like, can, is there, do I live next to a railroad track and heavy traffic? Am I, can I even run? Like that's part of the external factors that have to be brought in. If I'm a business, I want to launch a new product. Does your client base even want this product? You know what I mean? So, I mean, like understanding external, I think is, is really huge. And then understand the internal, right? So I'm running that marathon. Uh, I mean, you guys could probably tell, I, I love eating sweets. I'm fat, no out of shape, but yeah, I mean, like, um, <laughs> like understanding internal, like if I were to run a, if I run a marathon, like, I need some internal motivation. What is going to hold me back from doing those things? And then we look at the gaps, like, okay, here's a situation externally. Here's my situation internally. How do I bridge those gaps? How do I make this become this to where now my goals are moving forward? And I have to actually do that before I could even really start accomplishing my goal. And I think that is kind of where, you know, when, when you talk about this, you know, in the book and everything, and that really comes down to number one, yes, come up with a goal, come with that but do it in a kind of a thoughtful process oriented roadmap way that will actually help you achieve success. Um, And I think that was one of the, one of the biggest things that I I took away from just our conversations was, you know, yeah, like you work as a corporation, you work as an individual, you need to have this kind of structure in place. Yeah. And it's using the lean principles, one step at a time, small steps, small continuous flow, instead of uh, batching. So things like that, if there's a big gap, you don't want to set yourself up to fail and just chip away at it is the, is the goal. But so you're bringing up uh, organization, applying useful organization that you asked me about on a personal level. Yeah. So I want to ask you, because when we first talked yeah. about it, I threw all these things at you. So what kind of interests you? And I'm like, Hey, the more we talked, 
I'm like, yeah, I think you need to help me on, on some of these parts of this book because I'm getting lost in the weeds. I'm doing so much research and yeah. putting all these case studies and you, you've always just been a fun guy. And usually I think I'm a fun guy, but I'm like, I'm just not being fun right now. I need some personality <laughs> in this book. Help me out. But I'm through so much at you. Uh, it's almost like yeah. I vented. And then, so what kind of got you to say like, yeah, was it the people side? Was it the organization side, the combination or what was you know, it? I, I think, yeah, I think it really, um, you know, I'd say, first of all, um, I, I don't, I don't do a lot of betting, but I've always been told you, you bet on the jockey, not the horse, you know? So, um, and so that was probably the, the first thing was just talking with you um, and knowing the success you've had um, was kind of like, okay, number one, I want to partner with you there just because, you know, um, just because you're doing great things and I can learn a lot from you. I want to be very selfish and abuse you for all your knowledge <laughs> and experience. Um, and then as we started talking about it, you know, we're kind of going through, um, you know, honestly, I felt like as you started talking about this, um, you know, the framework and how you work with companies, you know, my mind actually automatically went to, well, how does this work, you know, at a, at a corporate organizational level? Because, if I don't change the, the person, like, I mean, we can come up with all these great plans and, and, you know, here's our benchmarks. We're going to hit these goals, whatever. But if the individuals don't change, if the individuals are not being developed, if there's no learning in place to where they're actually going to learn how their process fits into the bigger picture, then when there's going to be no buy-in, um, so it's not going to go anywhere. Number two, you're going to have a lot of busy work um, for nothing. And, and number three, you're missing out on a great opportunity to develop and, and frankly um, grow your organization. And so I think, I think as we start talking, it's like, well, you know, and I think I kind of started like, well, I mean, how does this work? Because I understand the steps and I, and I love how you broke the solos down, but how are we doing this at the personal level? Because if you're not doing it there, the project fails, right? I mean, the whole process falls apart. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, when we started talking about, you know, I, I was like, wow, like, like you, you, you got something here. This is really awesome because as we started uncovering, it's like, yeah, this is very, very applicable uh, to the individual. Um, and then, yeah, quickly about the book. So, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, as you started talking about the book and I, I actually had a chance to, to read a little beforehand, you, you've done so much research and I mean, like you've done so much amazing work and, and I'm reading this. And I'm like, this is really smart stuff. And then I was like, I, have, I don't understand half of it. So I, I kind of come back to this, you know, who, who are you actually writing this for? Because it seems right. like you're mm -hmm. writing this for other MBAs. You're writing this for other consultants. You're writing this for other executives. Um, frankly, I'm not that smart, you know, but, but like when it comes down to like, like how are you breaking this down to the point where I or any individual can, can pick apart this stuff? And I think that's when you said like, Hey, that's kind of where I need help. And, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure. And, you know, um, but let's back up real quick. I don't think we've even really talked about the book, about what's going on with it <laughs> during our time here today. Yeah. So, well, yeah. We, yeah. So it's maybe not good to assume that they've heard the other podcast, but yeah, yeah on this one, we're definitely um, working on a book and yeah, it's going to be finished in December. That is our, that's where we put our smart goal. That's our, our yep. end date. And it is, the book is going to be, it's going to break down the use soils and the steps for organizational growth. Also how to be a leader. And that could be leading a team, a department, but then also the, the personal growth and development, how to apply use soils to all three of those areas. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about making it, whether it's the best read, 
cover to cover, or do I just hop in on the individual aspect if that's what you're interested in, or right, read from the back to the front? And it, it, so I've been asked that, and me and you have brainstormed. It's like whatever you need, because I read books, I I jump into where's applicable mm-hmm. to me at that moment. So, um, yeah. but to your point, later it's hard to 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 be really good at your job or run a business when you're not. On a personal level, there's stuff wrong. You're stressed out. You're not sleeping right. Um, there's things in your life that definitely affect how you are at work. So um, it's almost good to start at a personal level and just make sure you're optimizing things and that you're in the right frame of mind and you're as healthy as you can be. And then, yeah, apply it there. And then some of those things you'll start to notice work becomes easier because you're in a, a better mood or you're you're getting the things that you set out for by using the system. So yeah, the, the book is going to be out. Yeah. And actually I'm really excited about it. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, as we, as I started reading it, um, you know, like in its kind of infancy stage, you know, again, I mean, yeah, these conversations kind of start happening. Like, well, I mean, how does this, how does this, how's the flow work? You know? And again, I mean, I think, I think we've written it in a way that, I mean, if you read it from, from start to finish, you're going to get a lot of the neuroscience. You're going to get a lot of the studies. You're going to get a lot of the behavior science um, that at, at certain points was kind of like blowing my mind, right? I mean, like there was just stuff there. I was just like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is super intelligent. You did a lot of great work there, but yeah, then, then you kind of get into the leadership and then the organizational things and, and the personal levels. And, and I think we've done a pretty good job as far as laying out the framework of the book to where you can read it, um, you know, from front to back, but you also have the ability to, Hey, right now I need to focus on personal growth. Right. Um, hey, right now I need to go here. How do I use this U soils um, framework in my personal life? Um, hey, I just got promoted. I'm now in a leadership role. I've got 20 people that you know are my direct reports. Um, how do I do this from an organizational standpoint? Um, hey, I run a Fortune 500 company. I'm a CFO. I am the you know senior vice president of regional sales and whatever. Um, how does how does this work? Well, you can jump to that section too. Um, and so. Yeah, I, I really, I really feel like there, there's a lot of great value there, and I really feel like there is just, um, just a wealth of knowledge that number one you put into it, and I'm really thankful that uh, you even allowed me to, to write some of it. I'm really excited about it, but um, yeah, excited for for what people will will think and uh, just how it'll affect their lives for sure. Yeah, so you reminded me of I read this study; it was probably seven years ago, Harvard Business Review. Mm-hmm. Basically, the the claim was the longer you teach something, the worse you become at teaching it. <laughs> So I said, I'm like, no. So I'm like, all right, let me look at, I've been teaching A3s and problem solving root cause analysis for 10 years. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at the presentation and the training that I'm going to do next week versus something I did 10 years ago. And I want to see, I want to put this to a test. Like, is it better? The new stuff should be better. It looks better. There's more interactions. But when I pulled up the old stuff, I'm like, wow, my old stuff is better because I, was, I was so fresh and learning it. And I was assuming no one knew anything. Yeah. But over, over time, um, you start taking things out. You're like, oh, yeah, they'll probably know that. That's probably not valuable. And you start, right? I think, though, because I would record myself, too, that I would verbally say those things, even if it yeah. wasn't represented. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to give myself a little credit there that I would do that, hopefully. But, yeah, I did feel like, wow, my stuff years ago was better, like, once you know something so well, it's, it makes it harder to teach it. And that's where I was 
I'm like, all right, this is happening again with this book. I know some of these things so well, and I'm, I'm trying to simplify them, but I'm like, I really need someone to just an outsider, uh, just to take a look and be like, no, uh, this is, you're going too deep into this too much. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. So it's been a huge help because I, that, I definitely don't want a book that is written for other MBAs. I want anyone to be able to pick it up and read it. And I, I was aware of my blind spot and then you definitely helped me, um, overcome that. Well, I think the great thing too, is, I mean, I think it could be, it could be taught at those levels too. And I think that, again, I think that's one of the great things about this book is, um, if I'm at a PhD level, which I'm definitely not, um, you know, you could pick up this book and, and the science makes sense. You know, you can connect the dots there at the, at the big grand level of things. You know, if I'm just a random person, you know, trying to, you know, kick my, my habit of drinking or whatever the case may be, or, you know, maybe writing their own book or, or starting their own business. Um, yeah, you could jump in there too. And I think, again, I think that's one of the, just the great things about this, this opportunity was that it, it's written in a way to where you could bridge those gaps, where you could have at the very high, very scientific data research level. Um, and then you get my writing, which is mainly like, you know, uh, written for probably my son who's eight years old. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, that's a lot of fun and uh, doing all that. And, and I guess, I guess the question comes to, you know, who, I guess, who's this book for? I mean, who, you know, when we were writing this, so when you initially did, you know, the writing, I mean, who's this book, I guess, primarily intended for, and who do you think could really benefit from this? Yeah. So when I was first making, it, I was making it for a leader mm-hmm. and that, that is super vague, but you know, I want to catch a big audience where they're leading an organization, you're leading your team, you're leading your household. So someone who who's in, you know, has responsibility and you don't have to be a manager or supervisor, but someone who Mm -hmm. just has the mindset of, yep, I want to get better. Uh, I want to grow. So I made it for entrepreneurs. I try to keep it vague, but yet um, targeted to, to someone who's in a leadership position. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't intend to bring in the personal growth aspect to it until I tested it out uh, multiple times where I felt confident and got results from it. I'm like, all right, so now um, I'm going to bring that in there. And I, and I, right, this could be a separate book that is more general for just personal growth, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, that might be the second book that we work on. Um, but this one has the, an overview or any, anyone um, who, and it, there's not to be a problem in your life, right? It could mm-hmm. be something like, I want to, I want to get even better. I want to optimize even more. I want, I want better time management. I want to know how to get better each day and a plan that's already laid out for me that you could customize. So that's why we brought the charter tool with it. We have charter tool for an organization. It's just step-by-step that you fill out. Um, That's why whoever gets the book, there is a a link that you go on and you can make your own charter, your own plan. So that, that comes with it. Um, And I put the link in the last podcast. I'll put in this one too, for anyone who wants to do a personal growth, use soils charter. It's, um, yeah, try it out. You follow the steps, answer a few questions, and there you go. You have your your roadmap for growth. Yeah, uh, and again, yeah I think the one thing that that really, I think, um, I really enjoyed about that, because again, I mean, you know, you talk about like a, a mission statement and, and the core values of a corporation. And, and I feel like a lot of times those are slogans. Um, yeah. They sound good. Um, it's something I put on my website and maybe I print on the entryway wall, you know, when you first walk into the office. But I think the one thing that this forces 
organizations, but also to the individual level, is really drive home not just the how, but the why. You know, like in that charter, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know, basically walks you through the the steps of use soils. And so, hey, you know, here's the understanding external, here's the internal, here's what the goal I'm trying to achieve. But the, the one part that you have in there is the core values. You know, you go in there and say, hey, look, you know, just pick three or five things in there that just really bring you energy. That like, you know, um, you know, like you say optimism, you know, uh, you know, Gary, you're very optimistic, you know, um, you have leadership qualities, you love adventure. I mean, you know, kind of, and what it does is, is it allows you to come back to why am I doing this? You know, if it's just, if it's to get promoted or, or to get a pay raise or to beat my second quarter, third, fourth quarter quota, um, it kind of goes back to like the five whys. I mean, like, why are you doing this? Well, like, why are you doing this? You know, and I think that brings them back and it kind of puts some grounding and foundation to where you can be like, yeah, the reason why I'm doing this is this. I want freedom for my family. That's why I want to get a pay increase. Um, you know, frankly, I just want to, to really just build my, my team and trust you worthiness and integrity is important to me. Uh, my faith is important to me. I want to reconnect with my family. Uh, I mean, there's so many things here. And I think anytime that, you know, when, when you're going through the process, because it is a process to accomplish any goal that's worthwhile um, and there'll be roadblocks. And I think, you know, just having that charter up, I mean, print it up, put it up on your mirror. I mean, put it next to your desk. It reminds you why, you know, um, you know a great friend of mine, uh, Jeff, I mean, he always said, this is my why, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's him and his family and the same for me too. Um, but yeah, and I think that right there kind of helps put some grounding and foundation of why we're even in this self journey of growth and progress. And I have to give credit to the doctors at CID Health for the mm. core values, um, because I read it in the fifth discipline about core values. I remember getting trained on it mm. uh, in HR. I read a few different books about core values at an organization, personal level. And I really didn't understand it until working with them. Um, mm. and, and they just told me, I learned so much from them at, at CID Health, Dr. Sam and Dr. Chris, um, about really how to live out your core values. And, and mm. so awesome. So yeah, definitely check out cityhealth.com, their website, they have an app where you could get a real core value assessment um, instead of just kind of in the charters, like pick what feels right. I use the the same list from Fifth Discipline that we that we um, are using from them and it's kind of generic, but the, the great one I would say is from CID Health. They yeah. it really dials in what your core values are. So I learned a lot and definitely had to make that part of the process. Um, Good. So now I wouldn't say put it on the spot, but I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. So, all right. So I'm ready for it. Yeah. So, all right. So say you have, um, right. Let's say a job assignment for you soils and they're like, all right, would you prefer to work on helping some, an organization out with you soils or would you prefer to help an individual out by, by coaching them through you soils? And yeah, that's putting you on the spot. Like what, what, what would give you energy? You think helping out an organization or a, a person? You know, I, I guess, um, man, you know, of course, that, that's the worst answer in the world, but it depends, right? Um, but, you know, I, I, I mean, this is kind of where I'd answer it, and it's probably the best non-answer ever, and that is there, there's complete value in looking at it from an organizational standpoint. Again, because in my mind, an organization cannot move forward, cannot progress, cannot come out of this pandemic and rebound to growth without people. Um, you know, um, it, I've always felt that a business's primary 
source um, of anything. Their primary resource is people. Um, and so by focusing and working with an organization, if you don't work on the people, in my mind, it's a lost, um, it's lost effort. You know what I'm saying? The good about that though, is if you could work with an organization and actually get it down to the, you know, the departmental level, but then get it down to the personal level, you've really won. Um, the problem with that though, is again, depending on the size of the corporation, I mean, if I'm dealing with a 50,000, you know, multi, you know, you know, you know, international size company, like that's hard to get down to the individual. So um, I would say, you know, a lot of it depends on the scope. A lot of it depends upon what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I think that there's extreme value in, in working directly with the individual because, you know, one person can spark so much growth and, and, and it's not just titles. Like you don't have to be a, a manager or supervisor or have a C-level, you know, identifier, you know, on your office door. Um, any individual in an organization can drive so much growth and, and development. So I love working with, with people. I love working with individuals. Um, you know, I was actually just uh, earlier today, I, had, I sat down with, with a, um, a business owner. Um, it's him and, and five other people, you know, and the fifth person is his wife. Um, and he is looking to grow and scale his business, you know, and, and it's great because he's doing all these things. And you could tell that there's just, there's, it's not frustration. It's just, I guess, just, I guess unease, you know, and anxiety around the unknown and about how he's going to scale where he's at now to where he wants to be and something like that, you know, if it's six people, you can definitely do the organization, right? Cause there, it, you can get that intimate inner, you know, in a relationship kind of, you could build those relationships at that level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that is a complete non-answer. Um, I love working with people. Um, that's my driver. If you can do it correctly and get down to the worst case departmental level, you know, that, the finance, the sales, the whatever, you could make some huge impacts with, with corporations. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, what, what do you think, man? I mean, uh, I don't know. I want to ask you that hard question. I don't want to answer uh, that question. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think the, I guess the catch 22 or whatever is like, all right. So, if I could, and this is my legit thought process when I was coming up with it, is okay, people, I get, personally, like better feeling, right. That interaction one-on-one -on -one, and then following up with that person, like, Hey, like things are better for me, or I got, I got that promotion and look at, look at, you know, I'm getting paid more now. Like those are the stories I remember. If you ask me like, what are some of the best things that you've done as a consultant? I think of people, I don't, I don't think of oh, this organization made this much more money. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's there, but it's not what I think about. Now, if we could do this right with this system, well, now if the organization is following this, the system where they are engaging their employees or following the roadmap so that they have two-way communication with their employees or organizing them, helping them improve, learn, and solve problems, mm -hmm. that um, now we could help a whole bunch of people at once. So it's, you're like yeah. scaling that. Um, so uh, yeah, both at the same time, the candle both ends. Yeah, it is a hard, hard answer. And, and I think too, I think when you start talking about the the, the corporate organizational level, um, I think just the fact that you are streamlining and things making, you know, I guess the way I kind of put this is if you could save one person, you know, five hours of their work week by, by improving processes, um, 
that's now five hours. And I relate this back to HR because again, that's that's kind of where I'm at in the space I'm, I primarily work in. Um, and that is, you know, if I could, that's five hours that that leader, that supervisor, that manager can now spend working on culture, can now spend on developing their employees. Um, at some point, th- you know, once the corporation gets so big, yes, you manage by metrics and numbers. That's very true. Um, but you can't you can't take away from the interpersonal, from the soft dollar ROI that you're going to drive um, by doing this process. So yeah, yeah. And then when I go around as a consultant and work with people and process together as one, I was like, how do I make things easier? That's my whole mm-hmm. mindset, and that's what I ask them. What would make your job easier? Like what? How can I make this process easier? Because when things are easier people's backs feel better, their hands feel better, their mind feels better. Like, why do we make things so complex when Mm. it just shows people don't understand it maybe well enough to simplify it or they've been doing it too long. So it's, yeah, trying to make things easier on people. And once they get that, that, hey, this consultant just trying to do that and make things easier. Well, here, this would make it easier and this would make it Mm. easier. Like things just, they move from there. And then, yeah, you get those results eventually because when things are easier, safety, quality, and productivity all improve. Um, and people are happy because their job's easier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'm so really excited about the book, man. I just, um, you know, I feel like it's going to be a lot of benefit for, um, I mean, at every level, you know, and like I said, I really love working with people. Um, that's where my heart's at. And if we could affect one person that could really, um, make some type of positive you know, impact in their life uh, it, it's worthwhile. Um, it's worth all the work. So, yeah. Awesome. And then, yeah, as we're, we're closing out here, is there, is there one step? I know you kind of alluded to steps, but is there one part of the use soils uh, process and you could pick whether organization level or at a personal level that you just like you light up as you get to that that step, any of the use soil steps where you're like, Oh, I'd really like, I, I like spending my time in this area. Yeah. You know, I think, um, yeah, I think like the nerd in me, um, loves the organization and the standardized part of it. Um, you know, flying airplanes for the army for 10 years. Um, you know, I mean, I could still probably start up an engine just by rote memorization of the checklist. You know what I'm saying? I could probably go through and do it right now. I'm not going to, cause that'd be terrible. Um, but I mean, <laughs> But so I, I love that part. Um, but honestly, I feel the part that was really, that really kind of, I really stood out was, was really the beginning. And that is understand ex- external, understand internal, uh, but then understanding the gaps. Uh, and, and here's why. Um, and we kind of talked a little bit, a little bit earlier, but that is if you're setting a goal, either as a person, um, as an individual, as a department within a corporation, or as a, you know, that BHAG, that Barry, you know, the big, hairy, audacious goal of increasing corporate revenue by 15% in 2022. I mean, like whatever those things are. Um, understanding outside, you know, perspective. How is the market? How is clients? How is regulations and, and legislation? Um, how is this going to affect me and my goal? How are my people going to be able to deliver internally? You know, how are we going to be able to process the new product? Um, do I have the right team in place? Um, can production actually produce it once, um, you know, the visionaries and the people who are driving this new product are able to build it, the engineers? And then do I even have the right people to sell it? And on top of that, how do I have the people 
you know, to service it, you know? And so I think that's kind of where, you know, when you look at all those things, to me, what really stood out was the understanding the gaps and that is the external and internal. And how do I bridge that gap? Um, to me that in my mind, without doing that, um, it's hard to have a clear picture and really an honest picture with yourself um, about how well and how productive this goal setting is really going to be. Um, again, if I'm looking to push a new product, you know, does, does the client even want it? Do I even have the sales team that could even sell it? You know, so to me, that was the biggest thing because I think that sets the foundation of actually launching into a goal. And I think what a lot of companies uh, and just having, you know, I mean, I talk to executives every week and, you know, hey, what, what's your goals and issues for 2022? And, and then I hear it. Great. Awesome. So what's in place now that's going to change it because you're not meeting those metrics this year, you know, and they kind of sit back and say, well, I don't know. I got to ask the person. And so, and I think a lot of times just understanding and taking a, a true honest assessment of where you're at as a person on a personal level, um, but, you know, an organization as a corporate level you know, where I'm at and how to go forward and how realistic is it? You know, I think that is, that's what really stood out to me. And frankly, I don't think it gets done a lot and enough and efficiently as, as people think it is. So. And that's why you hear 90% of startups fail. I think it's because they're not understanding externally what the demand is and what, what things are going on. Mm. Uh, Just like the Apple Newton. Did I tell you that story about what the Apple Newton was? Yeah. It's right? awesome. So funny thing about that, someone told me that about seven years ago. I'm like, what the heck is Apple Newton? So I looked yeah. it up. So it's the first smartphone that came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then when I told them, I'm like, I, or no, it came out in the late 80s. The smartphone that Apple came once Steve Jobs left, they came up with the first smartphone, mm-hmm. but no one bought it. Right. And yeah. yeah. And about this story is when, when someone told me and looked up, like, you didn't know about that. So now forever, when someone doesn't know about the Apple Newton, I'm like, you didn't know about that. Now I get to be that person who did it to me. Yeah. So I'm like, Dustin, you didn't know about everyone knows about, even though I didn't a few years ago, but you know, I think, and I think, and really what it comes down to is, is that product was not a bad product. Right. You know, I think you look at the, the, uh, the iPhone now, it was, it was the first, I mean, actually I put put this out in the book and that was, it was literally the first smartphone that came without an instruction manual. I mean, you think about every phone you had before, then you go back to the razor, you know, back in our days when we had it uh, before the cool one now. Um, But like, you know, that came with like, a 300 page like instruction manual about how to set time and that kind of stuff. The, the Apple iPhone was just made in such an intuitive way that you could literally click buttons and navigate your way through. But, you know, I go back to, you know, previous story with Steve Jobs and that is, you know, I remember when the, the, I, um, the, not the iPad, the, the iPod, when that came out, I mean, he, he walked out famously, I think 2012, I think it was when it was he walked out, pulled out this thing and said, you know, a thousand songs in your pocket. That's what, that's a phone, but picture this was an iPod, you know, is it, and that's what it was. At that point, the market was already trying to have, and there were already MP3 players out there. They just did it in such a revolutionary way that it completely blew out the whole, you know, the whole industry changed our world as we know it today. Um, and so I think sometimes that's kind of, again, going back to understand gaps, I think why it's so important to me is, you know, the Apple New, it was not a bad product. Right. It was just, it was just a little time. bit too foreign concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was just a little bit too the, much. It was the infrastructure. There wasn't Wi-Fi yeah. then. So a smartphone without yeah. Wi-Fi. So yeah, to me, it's like, they didn't understand external. Like what are the capability? What yeah. is the, right. What does the environment look like? If you don't have Wi-Fi 56 K mm-hmm. is how it would work. Like you'd have to, <laughs> it was yeah. like a fax machine, you know, um, had the old yeah. dial up stuff. So yeah, it wasn't, 
Like, why would you come out with a product where it didn't have the infrastructure after? Yeah. Easy for us to say now, but yeah, when Steve Jobs, the first thing when he came back to Apple was he got rid of the iPhone. And then he developed years later when the market was ready for it. So yeah, I think of someone who's great at understanding external is, is Steve Jobs for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I said, that was, that was probably my, you know, my, um, my part that stood out, uh, you know, the most to me and, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, what, what really excites you? Um, I mean, I know it's, it's really like, it's a month and a half away. I mean, like what's got you really excited about, about this book drop? I have to say the the personal development and growth, it took me by surprise. And I think it was timely with, with COVID, but I was, um, because it forced me to learn so much. And that's, that's so exciting to learn and apply. And I was doing different uh, trials with different people doing charters and seeing, testing what worked and kind of fine tuning it. So I'm, I'm excited about the book that it, that it, there's a system that applies to multiple things. It is right scientific method that applies to business, to leadership, and to individual level. Because that was a problem I thought that needed to be solved. Where there's roadmaps that are all over the place, or now I need three roadmaps. Like, is there something that works for multiple things right. um, that I could just learn this one system and I could apply it to personal life? So mm. I'm excited about that because I looked for something like this. I looked and looked, mm. and I've spent a lot of money on, on books <laughs> looking for the roadmap. I have so many books um, and I felt that this is um, a solution to a problem that hasn't been solved yet. So that's why I'm excited to get in people's hands to, to get feedback and then, yeah, improve, improve the the next book, make it even better. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to say thanks for all your help with the book Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it's, uh, it's real exciting and to be working on it with you and, uh, Monica is also helping out in case um, I I need some grammar help. Um, <laughs> I get a little too excited sometimes and just start going. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. Is there any any closing thoughts before we wrap this up that you had? No, you just you know again, it, it was definitely a pleasure working on. Uh, and I know we're not done. Um, you know, I'm really excited about um, you know where, where this where this process is going to lead. Um, yeah, you know, frankly, it's it's just it's been a, a a lot of fun just just partnering with you on a lot of different things and. Um, you know, so I look forward to not just the book, but just, you know, what the future entails. Um, you, you know, I've talked about doing a bunch of other things together as well. And, and um, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited about, um, you know, not just closing out 2021, but what 2022 has got for us. And, and I think the market and, and people as individuals are ready to, I think we're all ready for a change. Um, and I think this book will be a great way to, um, to really help. Um, just, just as that guide, as a reference to, again, depending on where you're at, whether it's organizational leadership, um, that personal goal of just not eating so many berry pies, like I do, uh, I mean, whatever it is, you know, um, I think it's going to be great and, uh, real looking forward to just hearing feedback from people who rate it. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. This has been awesome. Uh, Gary, um, you know, love it. And it has been a wonderful time talking to you, brother. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks Dustin. Um, 